Welcome to the Love Cars on the Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell and Paul Woodman. Welcome to episode five of Love Cars on the Grid. There's lots to talk about today, including a very dramatic Grand Prix in Imola, MotoGP, IndyCars, NASCARs and GTs from Monza. Pretty jam-packed. And, and, and you've missed out the main headline, the main event of the weekend, Paul. What? The Caterham Academy <laughs> Sprinter Cobra. And Paul Woodman made his global motorsport debut and finished a fantastic fourth place for Love Cars. Yeah, did okay. It's, it, I've got plenty of racing driver excuses up my sleeve. I'm going to put a little <laughs> video out on our main YouTube about that. But I did genuinely get a puncture. Uh, it wasn't a puncture. It was um, a valve problem. So my, uh, I dropped all my tyre pressure in my final practice. The leaking valve. Do you have a tip? You know, I always used to lick my finger when you, when you pump the tyres up, lick your finger, put a little bit of moisture over the valve exit to make sure no bubbles. That's You'll exactly remember what that I did. next time. Exactly what I did, Dad. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, but So it messed me up a little bit for the main time runs. Kerbero is a sprint race, if, you, if you're not aware. And it was the Caterham Academy, the first race of the season. Uh, and yes, I did finish four, so I was quite pleased with that. There was a very stiff competition there. Um, did you enjoy it, you know? Loved it, Tiff. And we're going to yeah. reveal a bit more in, in, in the main video, but uh, it, the tyres definitely messed me up because I had to put... In the end, you know that on a, uh, anyone that's ever driven a Caterham or seen a Caterham, you might know there's quite a lot of camber, a bit like Formula One cars, all sort of race cars, yeah. but it, there's quite a lot of camber on the front wheels, and I had to put two front tyres on the rears. I wanted to keep them even, um, so I put two front tires on the rears that I uh, borrowed off Caterham. So <laughs> I, I blame that for my. Uh, for, for the, oh, for the... you've got all the excuses already. <laughs> but but it's brilliant. I, I understand that brilliant. the uh, Love Cars car could have finished slightly high up, but apparently there was a, a small driver error on the last run. A little gear missed, was it perhaps, Paul? Yeah, you know, no. don't blame the tires all the time. No, it wasn't. Definitely, definitely wasn't. There was a, a, a lot of um, yeah. I know. So, you I, did fantastic. You did us proud, Paul. Thank I you. Think. And it was, was so close. You only got point two off off the leaders. And what happens now? You go off to Mallory Park. Do you fifty cars around Mallory Park? Sounds a bit crazy, doesn't it? No, there's there's six more races. Mallory Park is the next one uh, next month, but there's only twenty five cars. So what they do, they split the academy into two different groups. You've got green and white. Both okay. both both supposed to be the uh, equal standard. They just split them into different drivers. And um, so you only race 25 at a time, other than Silverstone, where all 50 drive at the same time on the track. Wow. So how competitive is your group, then? You're in the Greens. Don't talk to me about it. Oh, dear. <laughs> seven, <laughs> seven of the eight fastest times were in my group. So I'm really... Oh, no. So, so I where get, was the quickest in the other group? Uh, he would have been six overall. But then he, oh, no. he won his group, which is, which is quite funny <laughs> because... So many people say, and he's 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 quite a, apparently he's quite a well-known chap because he's um he's a stunt driver, precision driver. He won junior auto car. Um, so he's gone home saying, "I won, I won," but he was only six. <laughs> On the way home, I got so many people messaging me saying, "Unlucky." Um, he's uh, Charlie Lower. His name is Charlie's a great racer. He's really fast. You know, yeah. unlucky. Uh, you came fourth. He came first. I said, "Well, actually, that's not <laughs> what happened. I actually came fourth. He came sixth. I was." four tenths faster than him but you can't really explain that to people so it's two different groups and that's why so group the group well, why do why do they pre-group you would have thought they'd wait do the sprint first and then put first third fifth 
seventh and second in you know split the groups after Kerberg. So it seems like you're now facing a very competitive year ahead, whereas the white group's a bit easier. Well, you know that a sprint doesn't always correlate to the uh, to the main racing. So perhaps the white group's going to be faster when it comes to the racing. Okay. But all right. But from the from the early stages, it would look like the green group is definitely definitely the the, the tougher one. So my work when you is win going to be cut a out. green group race, you'll be even prouder because you've beaten the best. Well, I think I should transfer to the white group and then <laughs> see if my theory is right, where maybe I can go into the white group. So I, I'm going to put in a transfer request to the white group. No disrespect to the white group because that, that's some very good drivers <laughs> there as well. But um, yeah, it, it, really good fun. So well organised. I agree yeah. with you, actually. That was my suggestion to have, uh, because it, there's so much preparation that goes on for the Caterham Academy. Tons and tons. So all the onboarding, all the uh, get to know your car, get to know everything about the race series, of course, your odds, and then up to your race. So they have to split them in two different groups so it's easier to manage. Yeah. But then I That's agree a brilliant you. series. It really it's is a brilliant, brilliant. series. But then I agree with you. They should have those two different groups, A and B, one and two, dog and cat, whatever it may be. But then when <laughs> it comes to Kerbera, that's when you should say first goes in group yeah. A. Yeah. You can get a feel, one. get a feel for the competition. Anyway. So, great start, but Thank you better you. get back to Formula One because it yes. probably was. <laughs> oh, what, a, what a dramatic race. Yet again, Formula One, thanks to a little touch of rain. Uh, in one of the qualifying was really exciting, really close, you know, with Perez up there. You know, I've, I've doubted Perez for a while, not sure he was going to be the one to match Max as everybody else failed, and uh, he came good. But uh, I'm he, he came good. He came good in quali. He came good in quali, yeah, but no. that was about it. Yeah, but it was tricky conditions, and they, you know, he's on different tyres, and it's always difficult. But uh, of course, the big thing was the crash in the end. You know, everyone talked. About. I got a huge, huge rage on Twitter. I sort of put it more to Bottas than Russell, and uh, so I got accused of you know, being British and favouring the British driver or being blind or various other rude derogative terms. <laughs> so I'm going to tweet to people to look at how I'm going to explain um, to me what happened because. If you look at the racing regulations, then yes, Bottas gave the track which worth of room and the crash was caused by Russell losing control and crashing. So yes, it's 60-40 Russell uh, if you look at it that way. But you have to build up these accidents and remember that obviously there's the two teams, there's, there's Russell a bit cross, he's not in the Mercedes, and Bottas a bit cross that he's got a flipping Williams behind him and a driver that's going to probably take his seat next year. So there's a bit of aggro in their brains. You've got this awful DRS, you know, so you've got this closing speed of Russell coming faster and faster. But also add in the fact that Imola's one of these tracks we can only overtake once a lap. And I hate circuits like this, because it does mean if you don't make it, you don't sit behind the slower car for another lap and everyone waits for a cup of tea until they start the next lap. So um, Russell's bearing down on Bottas, you know, 30 miles an hour, 20 miles an hour faster. And, you know, yes, Bottas is moving over and moving over. And yes, he does give him the track, you know, a car's width of room. Because if you're doing 200 miles an hour and the guy's closing that gap, you have to leave a bit more than that gap to anticipate that the guy's going to move even more to the right, uh, which Bottas didn't, because to be fair, right at the last minute, he actually jinked back to the left. I think he, he suddenly realised he'd maybe you know, left it a bit nastily tight on George, and um, George by then was on the wet bit, and the wheel spun up, and he, and he went left. So there was a lot to the build-up of who was in the car. You know, Valtteri's not having a good day, and flipping hell, I got George Russell coming now. Not going to make it Bottas? easy for him. 
doing being overtaken by Williams anyway? Well, I which... know he's he's having a bad time, and um, you know, beginning of the season he was going to be more aggressive, and he keeps on coming out with these great mind thoughts, but it's, he's struggling inside his head, and it's you know, it's it's a shame that he's under such pressure, really, and well, not being able to perform. And the car's more difficult to drive. That's why in the past, you know, we always said when you know Rosberg and Hamilton were in the best car. Um, you know, the gap between what I think is a better driver and Hamilton was very small because the cars were perfect on every lap. Um, but now the cars are difficult to drive, then suddenly that gap widens out. You see the driver talent coming through stronger. And, you know, Bottas Valtteri's a very, 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 very good driver. But he's not brilliant like like Lewis and like Max. You know, that, that's where he's, he's just not quite brilliant enough. They were different gravy, weren't they, those two? But was... Um, was Russell responsible for Hamilton's crash? Because he gave well, Hamilton the, the wet line and he stayed on the dry line and he's been flagged. So, you know, was, was that his fault? Well, people let him off. I mean, yes, he could have made it easier for, for Lewis and gone left and gone onto the wet, but then put, he might have then locked up. Imagine Lewis going round the outside of, of, of Russell, having Russell given him the drive bit, and then Russell locked up on the wet bit and slid straight into Lewis. And that could well have happened, you know. So I think George did what he thought was the safest thing, you know, to, to try and let the more experienced driver go through on the, on the tricky bit. But of I course, then thought... the accident between Valtteri and, and George gave Lewis the lap back. I mean, this weird ruling that if a red flag happens, all lap cars get a whole lap back, um, gave Lewis that chance to come back again. Which he did sensationally. Yeah. Yeah. How people can just, like you just said about the car, how they can doubt his talent. He is <laughs> sensational. He is incredible, as is Max Verstappen, by the way. I just yeah. saw a lovely thing on Twitter from Dan Prosser, uh, and it said... It said, how many times in Formula One has a driver both finished on the podium and engaged reverse gear in the same race? <laughs> how good is that? And then Matt Bishop, who's now at um, your mate, Matt Bishop, who's now at uh, Aston Martin. Yeah, yeah. He said, funny enough, in 1965, Graham Hill was leading the Monaco Grand Prix. He yes. drove up the harbour chicane, had to, he overran it, had to get out, push his car Pushed back, it. and then he still won the race. So there you go. That's a life. Well-remembered, Matt, yeah. But Matt otherwise, Lewis. you'd obviously, you know, apart from the, from the Mercedes bash, I mean, Lando Norris, what a fantastic Brilliant. driver. I mean, he's coming good. Um, good team orders. Good team orders with uh, yeah. letting yeah, him go. Ricciardo. Ricciardo, yep. obviously, you know, had to let him go. So that was good. Um, but then otherwise, well, Ferrari's back in the in the chain. Science was lucky to be fourth. He fell off about four times in the opening lap. He was constantly going through the gravel. Um, but it was great to see Ferrari's back and competitive. Um, on the downside, Alonso getting beaten by Ocon and down the back of the grid. Um, I don't think it's going to be a very happy family for Alpine this year unless they can find some miraculous cure to their problems. I'll tell you what needs to be a slightly cured is the pit stops for everybody else other than, it seems, Red Bull. Because, look, think about it. When it was all before this kicked off, they had the pit stop and Lewis tried to do the overtake as opposed to the undertake yeah. and the pit stop uh, strategy, or Mercedes did. So Max came in, standard Red Bull, bang, around two seconds. And then Lewis goes in and it's four seconds. And, and Crofty was saying on Sky Sports, well, if, if it was a second quicker, then maybe Lewis would be in front. And it would have been perhaps a different race then. But why, yeah. why are Red Bull so far ahead on the, on the 
pit stops, Tiff. It could be the guns, it could be the hubs, the axles, the wheels, you know, lots of little touches of uh, the equipment they use that are just different slightly. And um, I'm sure they'll be trying to steal a Red Bull wheel and have a look at it one day. You, 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 know, you know, when I look at the um, times for Kerbera, it's uh, Cajun Academy, green, 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 white, green. That's like uh, the pit stops, Red Bull, Red Bull, Red Bull, Red Bull, Red Bull. Alpha Tari, then Red Bull, or whatever the other one may be. So it's a you you're going to be upset about this green and white group all year, right? I can tell this is going to be an ongoing story. Well, well, the funny thing is, this lad, I saw, I didn't really elaborate on it, but it is, I will now very quickly. But I had so many people message me and saying, you know, unlucky, and and his Instagram heading was, yeah, baby, first place, all in capitals, exclamation. <laughs> I'm thinking, no, no, this is rubbing salt in the wood. Anyway, back to a brilliant Grand Prix. Uh, yeah, Brave overtaking from Lewis. It was Brilliant. a shame, actually, that, that Lewis was just catching when they were both on intermediates. It was a shame they both stopped to change the tyres just before everything went wrong for everybody. Because um, Lewis was creeping up to Max, wasn't he? I think Lewis kept his intermediates uh, alive for longer. Um, that would have been good if they'd got that close. But, but I mean, mustn't forget Max. <laughs> we can talk Brilliant. about everything else. Well, it all, mean, started, you know, all started fantastic. from he... So, wet, wet grid. He started yeah. off in second gear. He got yeah. a brilliant yeah. start. Uh, yeah. and, and, and fought it out with Lewis around the, the opening corner. So absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And there was some early drama as well with Latifi and Mazipan. And I'm quite pleased to say it wasn't Mazipan's fault. <laughs> it was definitely not his fault. Then Mick Schumacher warming his tyres up. That's got to oh, be the yes. worst, worst way ever to crash. The Haas is obviously an evil, evil machine to drive. For a couple of rookies, you know, trying to get used to Formula One world and tricky conditions and... Yeah, poor old um, Schumacher did very embarrassed. I did two laps. The pit lane was closed because <laughs> because his wing was blocking the pit lane exit. He's going to go around whatever we're looking at with his nose off. Poor but at bro. least they both finished the hats. They both finished, so we'll give them, give them credit for that under Absolutely. very tricky conditions. And you mentioned Perez. He did have a brilliant qualifying and uh, yeah. to, to to be second on the grid. But yeah. you know, Red Bull. I just said how brilliant they were with their pit stops, but they allowed him to overtake under a safety car and not give the place back. Surely they should have said, Perez, you've got to give those uh, two places. Yeah, that, that was very weird because the original we... penalty of, of a stop and go, not being allowed to change tyres or pit, was seemed the correct punishment to me. But then they reduced it to just a 10-second penalty to be taken when he stopped. So I was quite surprised he got away with that. I tell you what, it's going to be exciting this year. Brilliant to see Lando Norris. God, he had some, he had some pace, that boy. And but he's course, such a get... lovely lad as well, isn't he? Max nearly dropped it as well, didn't he, on that on the did. parade lap, going back to the restart. <laughs> that was so close. In fact, I was a bit, I was shouting at Leclerc. Why didn't he go by? Because once, once you know, Max was had half the car on the grass. Leclerc could have legitimately uh, overtaken him on the on the parade lap. So, and then, uh, but, sure, but then, as a racing driver, you want to take that opportunity. And then, if your team say, "Give the place back," give it back. I know. I'd have been through there. Anyway, yeah, very entertaining Grand Prix. It's nice to be able to say that, even if it was uh, for very um, dangerous reasons. But it wasn't just an entertaining Grand Prix. The qualifying, the practice, it was all yeah. quite frantic, wasn't it? There were lots of spins and crashes, and it was yeah. all kicking off. And then, yeah. of course, then with uh, um, Lewis just pipping the two Red Bulls and, and reversing that cycle that we've seen for so many years of having two Red Bulls and a Mercedes as opposed to two Mercedes and a Red Bull. So long may that continue. Good stuff. MotoGP, cool. yes. the, Brit the British boys didn't do so well, sadly, this weekend. 
Well, of course, most we only got, got the three of them. Of course, you know, Moto Three, John McPhee with, had those fifty caps, but he got taken out in the Doha Grand Prix, and uh, so they gave him a pit lane start and a ten second delay before he was allowed out. So he drove around all on his own. When he ended, ended up twenty third, poor old John McPhee. Um, but then in, in Moto2, we didn't fare any better because Sam Lowe's, who's won the first two races and was on pole in Portugal, ended up getting a bit muscled out on the way down to Turn 1, ended up on the dirt and had the most almighty high side and uh, was out on the first corner. So a big crash Red, for Sam. Crash and then Jake just... Dixon. Yeah, I mean, that's the... Cars, you have a small air and spin, you know, and that's you get going again. But bikes, you know, you're on your bum, it hurts. And Jake Dixon, he only qualified 14th, not so good qualifying. But he got back up into the top 10, Dyson 8th and 9th, I think it was, and then down he went as well. So the Brits was one guy at the back and, and two on the floor. So that didn't go so well. But um, going back to Moto3, this, this Spanish 16-year-old, Pedro Amazing. Acosta. Amazing. Everyone remember the name Pedro Acosta. Um, he could have won his first Grand Prix, but he ended up second behind his teammates. And then he won the next one and won in Portugal. And the style this kid has, both when he's interviewed afterwards, completely sort of unfazed, speaking perfect English. And um, But he just made this last lap move, having sat behind for lap after lap. And he just outbraked by a long distance and then didn't How? run wide. And that's the, that's the skill when people can outbreak yeah. and then hold the line tight. And even going through the last turn at Portugal, he's flat out. He had a wobble on the front, which would have had me backing off in a flash. And he just hung on to the throttle. And um, he's an absolute talent for the future. God, 16 years old. How has he got that control, that bike control of this age? It's just phenomenal. I know. And you were on, on a bike last week. We'll, we'll put that on our YouTube channel. Yes, yes, yeah. Yes. Slightly different. <laughs> Um, yeah, MotoGP, though, what um, the Frenchman, Fabio Quattaro. I never spell it wrong, Quattaro, Quattaro. Well, that sounds more Italian than French. I know, Quattaro. Anyway, he's very French. And he's, he's only, what, 24 years old or something now, something like that. Old. Um, he made it three Yamaha wins on the trot. Now, he didn't win the first one, but he's now won the last two. Uh, and he was this talent, you know, that came up quickly to the ranks. And last year, he won the opening two Grand Prix last year. And everyone was just analysing his driving, riding technique and saying he's going to dominate the season. But he didn't last year. He faded away, had some arm troubles. He had this arm pump, which I had my first ever track day with a motorbike. If people don't know what arm pump is, um, the whole muscle just seizes up because you're obviously braking and throttling. And the pain of arm pump, you can no longer move your fists or anything. It just seizes. As he had little operations, they, they have a quick operation between races, these bikers. Uh, and last year he had this problem and, and didn't do the job so now started the season off with two wins and uh, maybe he'll be the superstar champion this year we'll see So Ducati of course they keep on finishing runners up again three times <laughs> on the trot they've been runners up but uh, yeah Fabio Quattraro so Yamaha on for the constructors yeah looking good but you know Suzuki that came through and stole it all last year so you never know you know tires change temperatures are different different circuits it's brilliant MotoGP you know you've got the satellite teams dicing with the factory teams you know the satellite Pramac Ducatis are on the pace with the factory Ducatis and it's it's a great sport to watch you, know, you see course, the human element and of course we've got Susie Perry as well which is always good Always, Susie. <laughs> right. Lovely. Now, you hark on. We're going over the pond now, Tiff. You always uh, hark on about the most exciting single-seat yeah, yes. car racing in the world, no, cars. Say. 
I know. Oh, <laughs> it was dull. It, 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 there wasn't, well, it wasn't dull. There was just, there wasn't much going on. It, there was no the wrong one, track. Wrong I, track. I want overtaking in racing. No, it's the wrong track. Mm. I mean, the trouble with motorsports, the Barbara Motorsports Centre in Alabama, it's the most gorgeous looking track. Undulating, sweeping, difficult corners, combination corners, and the drivers love it. But it's so often you'll hear drivers loving a new circuit, and then we're all saying, Yeah, but the racing's boring because most of the tracks that drivers love is non stop corners everywhere. And Alabama, they're just again, it's about one overtaking place per lap. Uh, and you get these queues and queues, and um, sadly, that was, that's what the race was all about, apart from a massive accident on the first corner when, when <laughs> Joseph Newgarten put a wing on the dirt and lost it in the middle of the pack and wiped out. We looked about half the field. He took our max and the Brits didn't fare well. Jack Harvey, who I was saying, was having a good season. He only qualified 11th. Max was down in 21st and got taken out when the new guy crashed. Um, of course, Roman Grosjean made his IndyCar debut, qualified 7th. He finished 10th, one yeah. spot ahead of Harvey was 11th, Grosjean 10th. It's all about, you know, strategy and everything else because they refuel of course they've got their push pass buttons but a couple of youngsters though starring now this um lost his name now i've got on the wrong page that's why not i'm not pato pato award patricio award mexican kid 21 years old on pole position uh, he's now driving for the mclaren arrow so a very talented kid he finished fourth then the other kid that came to the win was alex palo and it's quite an interesting story, Palo, because he's a Spanish guy. And he did all right in GP3 about five years ago. Then he went to Japan. So he couldn't get and drive in Europe. But he spent a year in Formula 3 and finished third, I think. Then he came back to Europe and did Formula 3 in a not-the-best-team, didn't do so well, back to Japan, sort of desperately trying to keep his career alive. And you see so many young drivers like this that are very talented. Uh, and he did Super Formula last year and won a race and did quite well. And then he went to IndyCar last year with a, a smaller team and just he took to it like he'd been a veteran for years. Uh, now he's got picked up by the Chip Ganassi top team and then he won the race in Alabama. And so it's great. I love seeing stories like that. Me too. Instead of these guys like Verstappen that just go go-kart, Formula 3, Formula 1, or, you know, there's the obvious path to Formula 1 for the very talented with backing as well. Um, but Palo's been trying really hard to make a career as a racing driver. And now he's a winner at IndyCar. And that, that's, that's another reason I love IndyCar, because any one of about 10 cars can win a race, 15 cars, you know, with the, with the schedule strategy going on with refueling and pace cars and all sorts of problems. So really delighted to see him win that race, even if it was a bit of a procession, pretty of tension, you know, they were, they were chasing him down. Um, and my other American sport, of course, NASCAR, also had an embarrassingly boring race. That was dull as well. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to get people. And if they watch one of these races that's dull, they'll never watch another one. So that's keep the watching, problem. Keep yeah. watching. Um, Martinsville, they race. It's a one-mile oval. And that's sort of, it's not really a short, short track. And it's not a half-spooper speedway. And it never has exciting races. Uh, and worse still, the Needell family favourite, Kyle Larson, was off the pace. So, so the Needells, we, we lost interest very soon because Kyle wasn't going quick. Um, so, yeah, you know, yeah, it wasn't the best of races for NASCAR, excitement-wise. They need to Because rain. next week, they move to Talladega, baby, next week. We so go. we're going from a boring race to a mass, huge crash fest. <laughs> so uh, if you're bored at Martinsville, make sure, do watch one more NASCAR race. Watch Talladega this weekend. Okay. So back across the pond to Italy, to Monster, the GTs. 
Yes, we didn't mention that in our preview last week, but I love GT3. It was the Blanc pan, it's now called the GT World Europe. They've got the most complicated title, I don't know. Well, it's they not complicated, it's that emu, emu 500 thing last week. <laughs> yes, the Blue City, whatever. <laughs> um, but, you know, 42 GT3 cars going around Monza. Um, yeah, there's Lambos, Ferraris, they Mercedes, look Audis, they Porsches, look so good. Aston Martins, BMWs, McLarens, eight different manufacturers. Brilliant. And um, after the three-hour race, you know, rain got in the way. It was Porsche came out on top from Audi and then Lambo and then Ferrari. 22 cars on the lead lap. And here's those young drivers being employed. Again, it's another professional path a lot of drivers are taking because they can't earn money. Because um, they have this pro-am category. So you get a rich am that, that gets a pro in alongside him. So it's a, it's a fabulous racing formula. And, of course, we have the British GT Series, which is really exciting. So I do love watching that. And, and Monza was as good as ever. They're such good-looking cars as well, aren't they? Yeah, it's really wonderful good. to watch. So um, next week we've got BTCC coming back, haven't we? No, not yet. That's May the 2nd. So, we so next weekend we've got World Rally Championship coming back, the first World Rally race in Croatia. We don't, have, we don't have a British round this year as the World Rally seeks places that have got sponsorship and can afford to run the rallies. Formula so Croatia. next weekend as well? Yeah, Formula E's, they've got... Now, that's an interesting one, actually, because they've got a doubleheader Saturday and Sunday in Valencia. Mm-hmm. So they're almost going to a proper racetrack. It's a bit of a tight, twiddly, you know, MotoGP's race there, but no, Formula One wouldn't go there. But it's where they do their winter testing. But the problem is it's one of these really open circuits. And, and when they're going testing, they're allowed them to run off everywhere, apparently. They just said, you do what you want. <laughs> um, so I'm going to be interested to see whether they put any chicanes in, because they do need to be slowed down yeah. regularly to, to get their regen. That's part of the Formula E skill of, of getting to the end of the race. But quite what they're going to do about track limits, I'm intrigued to find out, because um, it is the sort of circuit where it's very tempting to just run wide and go a bit faster. So, yeah, Indy cars go to St. Petersburg. Again, not a very good overtaking circuit. Once a lap, but it's very spectacular, scenic. It's uh, Half the track is a great big mile long straight down a runway, and the rest is just twiddling through the tightest of turns. <laughs> Always comes up with some drama. So look forward to that. And I've already said NASCAR is the Geico 500 at Talladega, baby. <laughs> uh, that, and that will be spectacular. Maybe, you know, long periods of just following nose to tail at 200 miles an hour, and then it all kicks off. So uh, lots of different variety this weekend for us all. Rallies, Formula E's, Indy cars, and NASCARs. Fantastic. I look forward to it. And uh, yeah, so next. And keep those comments going. Okay, I do it, say it was more comment. Russell's fault, but all you Twitter people, I hope you've understood my explanation. Yes, technically, it was Russell losing control, but think the whole scenario through. And I think Valtteri was perhaps a bit mean to his young. One hand. Uh, and then afterwards, a little bit of afters as well. A little bit of handbags for uh, for good measure. I think George George went a bit too far. I mean, I don't think that wasn't good. A, a for an aspiring driver, B for his Mercedes image. I don't think Toto Wolff was very happy with... You know, and the fact that he's done, you know, a million pounds worth of damage, um, oh. you know, probably more. I mean, I yeah. hate to think how much that, that accident cost the two teams. So Toto wasn't very happy with... George. Something about George is he looks like this sort of wouldn't say boo to a goose sort of, you know, English schoolboy, doesn't he? And then he, he goes and has a bit of a go and a dig. And uh, but he's a great talent. I think it's you know he'll be he'll probably be a bit um regretting what he said and did after the accident and will be a bit uh, quieter next week. But he was yeah. having such a good race. He had a Williams, he was he's going for a... what ninth place, exactly. overtaking you know Williams, and he was just a racer 
racing. Adrenaline tiff. Final final yeah. thought of the day is I'm going to ask you a question. I want you to answer it. You're a team manager. You've got one seat left. Who do you choose, George Russell or Landau Norris? Landau oh, Norris. No. Landau, that's a race What track. a spot <laughs> to put me on. Um, oh, gosh, yeah, that would be a hell of a team, those two. No, you can know. only pick one. You can only pick one. Who's it going to be? Lando or... I'll, I'll have Lando. I'll have Lando at the moment. I'll have Lando. Today, I'll have Lando. Tomorrow, I'll have George. <laughs> yeah, okay. Very diplomatic. Thanks for joining us. I hope you enjoy it. And as Tiff said, leave your comments. We'd love oh, to hear from you. And, and... One more news for oh, worldwide. I'm trying to put much worldwide news in, because I know we have viewers from overseas, is that Shane Van Gisberg, I always spell that wrong as well, Gisbergen, uh, was finally beaten after seven wins on the trot in the Aussie supercars. The Kiwi got beaten last weekend. So uh, that's news, fresh news from down under. Keep watching Love Cars on the Grid from Worldwide Global Motorsport. Bye for now. <laughs>